Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. Another week, one pro team win, one pro team loss in typical fashion. And there's plenty for us to talk about with the women's six nations as well. And we've got two special guests over and above our usual commentators, Alan and Matt. We've been joined by Jamie Doby and Gary Heatley, who are going to be joining us to help us uh, talk through the latest in Scottish rugby. But uh, Matt, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, all good. Uh, managed to miss the Edinburgh game at the weekend, but watched the Glasgow. So it was a bit sour by the end, but at least we got did, one win. Did the exact same. Missed the good game. Watched the uh, watched the bad game. Alan, I think you were the same as well. Yes, although I think from looking at the sort of conditions, the Glasgow game was potentially the good game for the neutral, but potentially the bad game if you're obviously a fan of Scottish rugby. An ultra, such yeah. as we are. Yeah, no, I was I was up, man. I was a bit hungover from the old, the old pod dinner. The old the early Negroni hit me hard, and I was uh, in, in the park trying to be sort of you know I was under pressure from my partner, trying to look like I was fully engaged with our child when actually behind the eyes there was nothing. I was I was almost <laughs> asleep. <laughs> well, sorry, my my brain's not working very well here. Um, what was I going to take us on to talk about? Harley. Uh, the news, yeah. Harley oh, yeah, let me Ray. just do. Well, move, mo- moving on from, from your brain fog, there has been a couple of bits of Scottish rugby news um, this week, all coming out of Glasgow. Um, one Scottish rugby legend who is staying, Richie Gray, and one Scottish rugby legend who is leaving, um, Rob Harley. Matt, I think 
particularly in the context of the Glasgow game, which we'll talk about later on. I mean, Richie Gray, perhaps a surprise that he's he's sticking around for another season? Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose it, it depends on how much money they're paying him. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, I think one of the concerns when he signed was that he has been quite injury prone, but he has managed to string together quite a lot of games for, for Glasgow and become a bit of a, a fixture, really, alongside Cummings. I think when, when Danny Wilson picks his, his top team. Um, and I, I think he's actually been... When when the news came out, I was a bit like, you know, if they're paying him a lot of money, is this the best use of resources? But I actually think for for Glasgow, he's he's lost some of maybe his dynamism, but he's still like incredible at the line out. He's got most steals in the URC this year, and his work rate is still really really high. So I, I think he's a he's a pretty good guy to to have around still. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Alan, um, Rob Harley leaving after 260 games for Glasgow, absolute stalwart, but perhaps the right time for him to, to sort of um, bid farewell to Glasgow? Yeah, I mean, it, it, does, it doesn't sound like it was his choice, I would say. Um, no, he's talking about another gig, isn't he? He's yeah. not retiring, yeah. Obviously, he's, he's still, I think, he's assistant coach at the Ayrshire Bulls as well, but yeah, he's definitely... Um, speaking about sort of carrying on his his playing career somewhere else, specifically, I saw something about France today. Um, which, to be fair, I imagine he's the sort of player that probably in like Pro Dida could like do pretty well. I'd say, yeah. Um, so no, I, I, look, I have to admit, I remember when he sort of first came on the scene. Must be like back sort of twenty ten sort of type twenty ten twenty eleven, and I, and if you'd said to me then that he would be one of, if not sort of the greatest sort of Glasgow Warriors player of sort of the the last decade, I would have laughed a little bit and said, Give me what it, give, give me something of what you of what you're drinking. Um but no, I think, you know, ultimately he's he's clearly been an absolute stalwart of their team. You know, it's when you look back to that Pro twelve final, he was yeah. such like a central component of that Glasgow team and that sort of transition from what is like ultimately a mid-table side to being, you know, ultimately winning the championship. So, you know, obviously it's sad to sort of see him, see him go, but I think ultimately for them, he's been a bit of almost the perfect player where he's been good enough and a good club player, but almost kind of just, just off being that international standard. I wonder yeah, if, um, with racked up that's 20. now, sorry, that, that's now, um, Harley and McDonald going. I wonder if that McDonald going to Wasps next year. I wonder yeah. if that means Glasgow or, or I mean, I suppose they signed that JP Dupree guy, but I wonder if they got sort of another signing in or whether they're putting their, their faith in youth. I was just looking at the Pro D Dur table. I could see Rob Harley going to like Carcassonne, which I have no idea where, where it is. And then the narrative <laughs> being that in, in like two years' time, He'll become this sort of a cult figure and will be playing in the top 14 against Finn, for instance. Yeah. I can see that. I like that narrative. No, I can see that. I can see him being a bit of a bit of a cult man now. I think Carcassonne's down, down by Toulouse in the south of France. Have yeah. a real, real nice life. Um, no. Yeah. I think- and I think with regards to signings, um, 
I don't know whether it was forced out of him sort of after the, the in the press conference after that really disappointing result for Glasgow at the weekend, but Danny Wilson was talking an awful lot about, you know, summer signings and business still to be done and reshaping the Glasgow squad to sort of help them compete a bit more in the in the tail end of the URC and, and in Europe. So I, I think you're probably right that we're going to, I can't see, I think Harley and McDonald will be joined by quite a few others, perhaps making room for some new additions. I think there there probably does look like there needs to be another signing in the second row place, just sort of having a look at the depth, having to think about the depth and you've got what someone like Hamish Bain, for example. Yeah. But I can't really think of um, of too many other players that they've got, um, got yeah, available to them Greg, at that sort of yeah. younger level. Gregor Brown. Who yeah. I think might be coming back from injury now. Hamish Bain was playing for um, Ayrshire Bulls at the weekend against Jersey. Oh yeah! But apparently, apparently he. Um, so Hamish Bain and Ratu Tangive were playing, but Ayrshire didn't announce their team for some reason. But the Jersey Reds did in their social media, so I don't know what that was all about. And they lost quite convincingly. They lost by twenty-five, maybe. Yeah. Although Jersey, to be fair, are sort of what top 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 four, top five now in the championship. It's like a relatively mm. strong side. Um, but yeah, you'd, you'd think, given the fact that Kieran McDonald and Rob Harley are both off, you probably need a little bit, at least one more sort of veteran second row to sort of come in and sort of bolster that um, that fr- that pack. Hamilton Burr. Hamilton Burr would be nice, although. Obviously, I guess now he seems to be sort of taking up that um, that sort of flanker role. I felt a bit sorry for him. Obviously, he had his debut and then seemed to, he's got COVID now. So he, he, he was out for yeah. the, the second match at the weekend. Um, but ultimately, if you're good enough to start a seven for the Chiefs in Super Rugby, you should have a contract in Scotland. Like, that's get just him, like. Get him in the national team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's joking. He's clearly incredible. Yeah, so um, oh. hopefully that is, is um, a good shot. Good shot because I'm trying to remember he he did sort of cover both sort of uh, second row and flank when he was playing in the um, in the Premiership, right? I think yeah. he did. Yeah, I think he's the sort of person that you might see in that wider summer tour um, squad. But we will come back on to talk an awful lot more about Clubland. And as I said at the top, we have been joined by Jamie Doby uh, to preview the Zebra game. Um, on Friday night but uh, there's plenty to be talking about in the women's game um, and we are going to be joined by uh, Gary Heatley Yes we've been as as discussed we've been joined by um, by a prominent rugby journalist is what I'm going to call you Gary you cover all facets of sport in Scotland um, but particularly um, taking a close look at the women's six nations how are you Gary? It's a great intro, so I'll take that. Yeah, I'm doing well. Good, <laughs> Good stuff. And um, so let's let's start by looking back um, at the first game of the, of the Six Nations for the women uh, at the Dam Health Stadium. Didn't go, I suppose, particularly to plan. Fifty-seven-five to England as a bit of an opening gambit. I mean, can we take? much out of that I mean it's well known that England are the best team in the world and you know Scotland aren't you know they're an improving side but they're not sort of operating in the same sort of gravitational field 
as England. You know, what, what do you think the girls can take from that game sort of going forward into the rest of the tournament? It's probably Rachel Malcolm said after the game, there's positives from the, from the second half performance. I mean, it was 38 5 at half time, you know, it was a bit looking a bit daunting. But uh, second half, they, they created a few more chances. I think they'd taken a couple of those, that would have been, been a lot better. There was one disallowed try for a knock on and mm. a few other, few other close games. But yeah, first half, I think they were just, Brian Easton said, you know, they, they sat off England a bit, although England are the best team in the world. They, they had the bonus point by 26 minutes. I think it was tries three and four within the space of two minutes. And, you know, you just can't. Yeah, they're so clinical, England. But so I think the girls were disappointed with the, the first half performance. But uh, yeah, second half they can take a lot of positives, and I think the crowd was just short of four thousand, which was which was uh, encouraging. And you know, a lot of you know <clears throat> young girls and boys there and stuff. So I guess that was encouraging. It was a you know it's a good stadium now. I think for for them going forward, another playing France at Scotland, but hopefully they'll make the damn health perhaps their sort of home going forward. But uh, yeah, so they'll take things from it. There was only I think one. One sort of major injury was Lisa Coburn, the replacement prop went off with a knee injury, so I think she could be out for a spell. But apart from that, I think everyone else was okay. So, yeah, they'll not take tons from it. I guess it's probably the score most people probably thought. But I think this this Wales game coming up is the is probably the big one they've been targeting. Wales obviously opened up their their campaign with the victory against Ireland. I mean, what can Scotland expect from from this Wales team at the weekend? Scotland have had very close games with Wales the last four or five years but I think this is a very changed Wales setup. I mean last year they were absolutely awful Scotland beat them 27-20 to, to give Wales the wooden spoon in that sort of shortened tournament last year and I think that was kind of line in the sad moment for Wales rugby so they got a whole new coaching set up we've got 12 professional players 12 players on retainer contracts and certainly the way they play against Ireland showed that with the sort of fitness in the second half and the way their bench bench came on and made an impact um, you know, albeit they scored the last two tries in Ireland were down to down to fourteen players, but to go to go to Ireland the win when they came off the back of such a bad year last year, I think they're an improving side. So I think Wales are up to tenth in the world, Scotland are ninth. Um and as I say games previously have been very close. So this also in October they'll play each other in the first pool game in the World Cup in New Zealand. So uh, yeah, I think this could be a bit of a bit of a sort of marker for both teams to see where they're at and also you know, it could be quite a, quite a tasty match. Are there any uh, any changes you expect Brian Eason to make, or do you think he'll kind of stick to a pretty settled side? Yeah, I mean the, the, the team he picked last week was probably his strongest and experienced most experienced. I say Lisa Coburn picked up an injury when she came on, so we haven't had the result of her scan yet, or we've not been told that. So whether she's available or not, I know last week there was illness and COVID ruled out three players, and then um, you know there may well be others this week. So. We'll have to wait and see, but I'd, he wouldn't want to make too many changes. I think, I guess, one he might make Shona Campbell, the twenty-year-old then beginning winger, came on and uh, did very well in the second half. She's she's very quick. She played for GB Sevens, so she may get a first start, perhaps, if he's looking to try and be a bit more expansive. But tend to tend to go with the most experienced starting fifteen, and then blood some of the youngsters from the bench. But I think the benches, as I say about the Wales one in Ireland, I think the benches are now women's rugby is just as important as the men's game. You know, you have, really have to have. Eight strong players, eight strong players on there to to come on in the second half. So yeah, I'll be interested to see what the what the squad is shaping up like. Where do you think Scotland could or or will try and target Wales in the match? Where do you think they might have sort of a bit of an upper hand? Yeah, I mean, I think the Scotland pack was very good in scrum and line out against England, especially I'd say that second half. So I think the the pack, if it can stay intact, will be pretty uh, feeling pretty confident going down there and. Uh, yeah, I just think sometimes they need to be 
perhaps a bit more, take a few more risks in the backs or a bit more, be more, a bit more expansive. And they've got some great runners like uh, Lisa Thompson and uh, Chloe Rowley at fullback. And sometimes they just don't get enough ball. So hopefully they can, yeah, if the pack can play the way they get, did against England and get it on the front foot, then I think that's where they can target Wales. And also, I think, you know, Wales will feel under a bit of pressure. You know, they, it's a big result in Ireland now. There's a lot more talk about women's rugby in Wales this week. I know they've, I think they've sold over 3,000 tickets for the Cardiff Arms Park. So I think, you know, as much as they'll be saying, it's great, we've got a home game and their families and friends will be there, that'll be added pressure for them. So I think Scotland can play on that a bit as well and maybe, uh, yeah, try and get off to a fast start. Just looking sort of at, at women's rugby in, in Scotland, obviously the, the SRU released their sort of strategic plan, which which had sort of three key pillars of well-being, women and, and winning. I guess, what you know, obviously England's got their sort of, you know, pretty successful league Wales have started to give out contracts where where do you see the Scotland um, the SRU sort of taking the women's game what do you think they need to do to sort of get them into maybe a slightly more competitive position when it comes to people like England France New Zealand etc yeah I mean it's been quite strange because you know 2016 Jade Conkle was the first full-time pro from two Scottish rugby then Chloe Rowley Thompson Folder they all went out to France and played and then they went to England and played and it seemed like a sort of pathway now there's kind of I don't know, 15, 16, 17 of the squad are down in England playing in the Premier 15s, but they're not all based down there full time. You know, they're a lot of them travelling up and down the road from, from their jobs, etc. And currently, at the start of this tournament, um, you know, we were told that, you know, there's 35 players in the Scottish rugby have individual packages that suit their lives, but, you know, that's very kind of uh, difficult to pinpoint exactly what that means, whether it's financial or otherwise, in terms of support. So I thought maybe after they qualified for the World Cup in, in in the end of January, start of February there, there might be a kind of, again, a line in the sand moment where they would announce more funding or more contracts. Maybe that's still to come after this tournament. But I think with what Wales have done, they've kind of maybe uh, up the ante a bit for the, for the countries behind uh, behind England, France, New Zealand. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens after the Six Nations with the sort of three, four months before the World Cup if, you know, more kind of full-time contracts are handed out so people can properly contribute before they head to New Zealand. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Look, look, looking ahead, um, you know, at, at the end of the tournament, what do you think constitutes success for the for the women's side? Because it seems it seems like things have been building nicely. You've got more players in the in the Prem 15s, World Cup qualification. Honestly, uh, obviously, sorry, but you know what what's like the next step for this group of players? Yeah, I mean, I think they've you know won five out of the last seven tests, which is you know very unheard of really in, in recent times. Albeit, albeit that's been in different competitions, but. Um, you know, I was looking back on the you know the last sort of two six nations have obviously been shortened because of COVID, and then just because it was a different tournament last year. I think twenty seventeen they won they won two matches. You know they really need to be looking at that or or more. I mean, it's obviously the tough year for Scotland, like it was for the men with only two home games, and that's against England and France. But these away games, Wales this week, uh, and then Ireland and Italy. You know those those games they've really got to target to win, and they've you know the team has built up confidence. Before they seem to seem to lack that if they got off to poor starts games, but they're a lot more experienced now. There's over fifty caps and things now, so I really think two wins two wins has to be the kind of benchmark. And I think as a lot of people are saying, you know, third to sixth in this tournament behind England and France is is wide open. So yeah, if they can aim, aim for third spot, really, that has to be the has to be the aim so that they can then build into the World Cup. And then looking at the the World Cup, obviously d- difficult pool. I guess, do you see any, any scope for them sort of getting into the, the knockout stages at all? Well, I think the good thing is, is that the, the first game is against is against Wales. So, you know, 
whichever one of those two countries wins that game, um, you know, can then, you know, the New Zealand game for both teams is probably, you know, <laughs> a given for New Zealand. But, you know, I've not seen Australia play a lot of 15s. I mean, I'm sure they're relatively good, but they, they play play a lot more sevens and put a lot more stock into sevens. I'm sure by the time the World Cup comes around, they'll be they'll have their full 15 squad out. But if whoever wins that first pool game, um, you know, there's two spots go through. So, yeah, whoever can uh, whoever can win that Scotland-Wales game, I think will, you know, at least has the Australia game to really target. So, so yeah, I think that's why this game this weekend in, in Wales is obviously important for the Six Nations, but has quite big importance for just where, where Scotland are at. I think, you know, you don't want to put too much stock on one game, but I think, you know, we would give a big confidence boost to either team to win this ahead of the game in October. All right. Well, Gary, thank, thanks very much for joining us. As you say, plenty to, look, plenty to look forward to, not just this weekend against Wales, but then with the World Cup further down the, the line. Um, and we'll be sure to get you back on to, to talk about that soon enough. All right, great to have Gary on there giving us some insight into the women's game and we will of course be covering the rest of the Six Nations and of, and looking forward to the World Cup throughout the rest of the year. Scotland-Wales, um, 4.45 kickoff on Saturday coverage on the BBC. Good to have it on um, Terrestrial TV so make sure you check that out and we will be covering it on our Twitter on at, at Thistle Rugby Pod. But let's go back to Clubland. I think we all admitted up front in the pod that none of us uh, watched the uh, Edinburgh game live. But Matt, I'll come to you. You know, going to Durban, going to Kings Park, coming away with a 21-5 victory. Um, Edinburgh, got to be absolutely delighted with that. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think considering it was, uh, as you say, a away journey to South Africa where no URC team, this or no um, non-South African team this year has won, um, and given that weather as well, a, a pretty sort of un-Edinburgh um, setting for them to, to come away with the win is, is really, really impressive. Um, and Blair and Kinghorn I, putting one between the eyes of the haters? I mean, I suppose if you take away most of the kicking duties from Blair Kinghorn, you have a very good attacking rugby player, which it is maybe the reason why Townsend is... As, as fast tracked him, I, I don't know. Um, but I saw Edinburgh as well, of, of, you know, on the back of that win with, I wouldn't say a skeleton squad, but not their full squad, have since um, flown out McAnally, Gilchrist, Graham, and one other, maybe Schumann? Um, oh, Nell. And you're like, okay, yes. right, that, that looks pretty good odds for a win against the Lions, and that's a an extremely successful trip away. Yeah, absolutely. And cementing them right at the top of the URC. And we were just talking about it, watching the sort of the behind the scenes stuff that Edinburgh are putting out. Alan, it seems like, seems like good vibes around Edinburgh at the moment. They seem to have moved on a lot from the sort of the, the quite grim and grisly days under Richard Cockrell. Do you think Rory Sutherland's sort of now under like the, the diamond sort of like... Um, authority and he's just looking back at those videos like oh maybe it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind 
When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A terrible mistake. <laughs> sure, 300 bags a year, keeping him, keeping him warm at night. I'm sure, uh, but yeah. 300 bags goes a long way when you get back to Hoik as well. Exactly. Um, no, yeah, I, I completely agree. I was watching the video and I thought both, you know, ultimately, obviously, this is like created by Edinburgh Rugby, right? So they can obviously do a lot to sort of frame it however they want. State state propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I do think a lot of um, the, the the sort of commentary coming out seems, seems good. And I actually think that Blair, Mike Blair, just actually gets more impressive sort of the more interviews he, he does and clearly he's a guy who's quite sort of you know clearly has sort of high standards but is is generally quite a sort of relaxed character and actually it was interesting seeing sort of Callum McRae get a bit of airtime because I actually think he he comes across really well and um yeah to you know when you look at that match against the Sharks sort of on paper to to keep the Sharks down to sort of one score clearly shows that that defense is uh was working well right with the, to your point matt not not a full strength squad i love um i love edinburgh bringing back the the gunners as well which you saw from that video like we remember when we went to the the stone x stadium and a few of the subs yep. were sort of cheering on saying come on gunners and that seems to have been sort of properly taken on by by the squad including in their uh victory song that Connor Boyle was leading in that in that video you were talking about yeah it's uh you know yeah I like I like the gunners let's let's bring it back it's it's better than just Edinburgh rugby gunners has got big like throwbacks from like the Myerside days like the Todd Blackadder gunners the Myerside Meadowbank gunners which I love it's retro now that's why it's that's why it's making a comeback, I suppose. Um, as you say, Edinburgh Edinburgh against the the Lions coming up. I mean, they're really dining at the top table of, of URC. But Matt, I don't know how much of the um, South African sides and the Lions you've seen, but Edinburgh have got to be going into that Lions. I think sitting ninth in the table, Edinburgh have got to be going into that, looking to come back with two wins from the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, I think so. I think that. Sharks on paper is a is a harder game, and they they've got more players in the South African squad. I mean, you know they had Khaleesi starting; like beating them is is no mean feat. Um, so I think that I, I wonder if Blair will, will actually change things at all because I know those guys have flown out, but you think those guys, the the guys who are playing against the Sharks have, have earned their shot. So uh, yeah, I think they'll definitely be be aiming for another win and as I say to to come away from South Africa with two wins is pretty pretty impressive really to see the Lions did pump the Ospreys um, at the weekend but so they're, they're clearly in a little bit of form and I guess 
because they do do play at altitude, it's a uh, can can sort of make a little bit of a difference. You know, ultimately the the sharks are still by the coast, so um, don't know how much that will sort of impact a lot of the players, and I guess just make sort of the bench that just a little bit more important, right? All right, geography nerd. Apologies for knowing that Durban's on the coast, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, Edinburgh's sitting in, in fifth. Um, I lied. The Lions are actually sitting down in 12th um, with the Ospreys in ninth. But all of what we said stand. We should be hoping to see a big Edinburgh win. Um, Glasgow welcoming basement dwellers Zebra to Scotston on um friday night um you can still get your tickets for that from just 15 pounds for standing tickets seating starting at 27 pounds um so get yourself onto the sru website um and we will put a link to the ticketing within the show notes for the show as well um to help us look ahead to that game um against zebra we were joined by jamie doby um who joined us a little bit earlier and here's what he had to say All right, delighted to be joined on the line by Glasgow Scrum Half, Jamie Doby. Jamie, how are you, mate? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. No, not at all. Um, how's, uh, how are feelings in, uh, in camp today? News that um, breaking today, Richie Gray's joining for another season. Good news. Welcome by the boys, was it? Yeah, very. We've actually, we've actually been off today, but um, no, I think that's good for, good for everyone at the club. It's good to have someone with his experience and his size and line out prowess um sticking around so that's really good for everyone actually Glad to yeah good good stuff and then obviously zebra coming up this weekend but what what's the feeling in camp this week obviously um disappointing result um at the weekend bit of bit frustrating to sort of let the game get away from you in the second half yeah i think that's that's base, the basis of it i think we feel like looking back on it and at the time we felt in total control, I think up until that sort of 50-55 minute mark and then there was just sort of a swing of momentum and we didn't help ourselves. We sort of piggybacked mistakes and let them back into the game and I think, um, yeah, from the position we were in and how comfortable on the, the rugby we were playing actually, there was some really good staff, scored some lovely tries to then go on to concede uh, and the game just got away from us and we just sort of in that last 10 minutes we were always chasing um, and playing in our own half not much chance so I think it was one it was tough to look back on and we know that it was one that got away from us I would have been lovely to get the five points so instead coming away with two this could have been worse but um, yeah definitely frustrating this week yeah and, and obviously still still riding high in the URC and I, I don't want I don't mean to focus on the negatives uh, negatives too much I guess that sort of up and down would that be a sort of fair assessment of how of how Glasgow been going this year? It seems like you know you get a get a great result and then it's followed sort of by a slightly disappointing one. Is that something that's sort of being talked about in camp? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think it's obvious to see from some of the results. Um, even recently, obviously that result of the weekend in Cardiff, we were down in in Scarlets a few weeks ago. There's a few results that um, have been sort of lower points in the season of say, um, which but they've also been matched with as you say, we've had some really good wins. I think during the Six Nations period we had obviously Munster at home, they're really big wins and then it's been frustrating at times we've not been able to back that up when we've travelled away. So yeah, I don't think it's 
it's not panic that we're still sitting in that top four spot in the league, which is which is good for the moment. And there's only coming to the back end of the season. We've only got four games left, I think, in the regular season. So it's still yeah. still in a good position. But as you say, I think when you look back and there's these games where, particularly away from home, as I'm saying, that um, we've maybe not done ourselves justice from the positions we've even been in the first half, just not backing that up. And then we've left uh, left a few points out there for sure. What's uh, what's your personal goals for the rest of the year, Jamie? Both kind of like club and from a country perspective. Yeah, I think there's still obviously what I said. There's four games still to go in this league, and we want to be pushing, pushing, staying in this top four, and ultimately pushing into the top two. You want to be, if you can, securing that home game for the the playoffs. So personally, I think. Um, it's just uh, making making these opportunities count. I think it's nice to be back playing some, some more rugby. I think there was a uh, the start of the season and throughout the middle maybe wasn't getting on the pitch as much as I'd like to be and that can be frustrating at times as it can be for everyone. So taking the chances we've got, maximising um, the points we can get. We've obviously only got this one last home game this Friday night against Zebra. And then we're away in South Africa. So I'm wanting to to take the chances. And then, as you say, hopefully push to, to get back into that Scotland squad. Obviously wasn't involved in this most recent Six Nations. But considering the amount of rugby I'd played between the autumn campaign and into the Six Nations, that wasn't surprising. I think it's fair. And just to reward boys that are playing well and playing plenty of minutes. So it's hopefully getting, getting on the pitch as much as I can and doing with that um, to push for, for summer. Just out of interest, how much Premiership or Super Six Rugby have you played, if any? Have you only ever played school and professional? Uh, yeah, that's right. So yeah, it's a bit crazy. I've actually went straight from school, so that was the 2019 World Cup. I moved across to Glasgow, so obviously Ali and George were away. So I was thrown right into the deep end. First game of senior men's rugby was well, preseason game away in Ulster at the Kings Band was my first taste of men's rugby. <laughs> It seems a bit crazy. I didn't play any of it at school. Uh, and since then, I was meant to play one Super 6 game in my first season, but it got snowed off. Classic. So, uh, no, I've literally just been um, schoolboy and then into into Glasgow and games there. It seems it is crazy, yeah. When you sort of compare it to someone like Rob Hardley, who's had to grizzle his way through sort of the, the 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 premiership rugby ranks i guess you know how much of an influence is he on the squad and um you know how has it been in camp this week with him sort of obviously announcing that he's going to be departing at the end of the year yeah i think that's obviously massive he is the everyone's sort of saying it and it's very cliche in that but he is the epitome of a warrior that man like he does everything to to help himself to help the team to help the whole squad and he's massive he's obviously I think he's on 260 games at the moment, which is ridiculous considering someone we were speaking to someone the other day and we worked well, he's been there 12 years. So that's over 20 games a season consistently for all 12 years. And that's from the age of, well, I was a nine, would he have been 19 then? I think he must have started. So considering to keep your body and your mind fit and healthy to go through that many games, plus I think he's got 22 Scotland caps. In between that, it's ridiculous. So, so having someone like that around the squad is massive. He's someone you can look up to. He's always there to chat to about anything rugby related. He's always a good laugh as well. I'm actually I'm next to him in the changing room at the moment, 
So I'll be missing him next year. But uh, yeah, it's obviously tough to see someone who's who's such a big part of the squad move on. But um, I think we sort of obviously hope, well, hopefully this isn't our last home game on Friday. Hopefully we move into the, the playoffs at home. But if this is his last time playing at Scotstoun, I think um, it's important for all of us who are, who are playing to do to give that little bit extra for him because he's given so much to to the squad and to everyone there. Yeah, absolutely. And looking looking ahead to to, to Zebra on uh, on Friday, big game um, at Scotstoun. You know how what does an Italy week look like? You know, obviously. Uh, is it the case that you know only a bonus point win will do when you've got one of the Italian sides coming to Scotland? And does that have its own sort of like, I guess, like unique pressure in that you know you're not going to get tapped on the back for being like, well done, you beat one of the Italian sides? Mm-hmm. What is there a sort of different mindset with um with a team like Zebra coming to Scotland? Uh, I don't know if too much changes. You're not wanting to get ahead of yourselves at all. I think that would be when it becomes dangerous. Obviously, Zebra have struggled recently and I don't think they've won a game this season in the URC. So that can always be challenging because they'll be wanting to get off that off that donut. So we... But the focus made in last, I think the first thing is to get the win. You want to get four points and then you want to so you want to secure that as early, Well, not secure that as early on in the game, but you know what I mean. And then you can push for that fifth point. I don't think... You don't talk too much about... Uh, only being five points I think if we can certainly target the win and then from from there at that point in the game where you're pretty solid to be able to push to get those four tries and and get five points that's that's what you want I think if we don't come away with five points we might feel um a bit down I think at this point of the season especially with it being our last home game that'll be a that will be um, ultimately, what we want to come away with, it would be good for us in the league position and in the conference. But I don't yeah. think I think it'd be it could be dangerous if you get too far ahead of yourselves. I think Italian teams Italian teams can be dangerous. Yeah, you don't want to end up you don't want to end up like Wales in the, uh, <laughs> no, in the exactly. getting caught short in the Six Nations. And then just I suppose on the URC, you talked about we got Zebra on Friday, and then to look beyond that, the sort of two game two game tour down to South Africa. You know as as a sort of young pro, that sort of opportunity to test yourself against like the Stormers and the Bulls, that's got to be pretty exciting. And that sort of shakeup of the of the fixture list, sort of making it a little bit more international. How how do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I'm buzzing actually. I think that's it's a great great trip to be on. I think my actually I actually made my debut for Glasgow out in South Africa when we were, it was Cheetahs at the time in Bloemfontein. Uh, so. Oh, really? We got hosed by about thirty that day, so that was a bit. Of, that was a bit of a shock. Welcome but, along. Uh, yeah, exactly. It was a bit. But so I think, yeah, I think obviously the South African teams at the start, maybe when they were up in Europe, um, I think the well, the team, the Northern Hemisphere teams. I think we everyone was sort of um, doing pretty well against them. But when people have been touring Edinburgh, obviously the first team to win down there last weekend so it's going to be tough Stormers and Bulls both teams are on fire um, especially if the conditions suit them we'll see how hot it is down in Cape Town and then I think we're a bit of altitude up in Durban so uh, yeah it'll be tough um, and with back end of the season uh, you want to be getting getting some points from those games but 
yeah, and it's a cool opportunity. I think everybody wants to be to be going to South Africa and playing in those games. Yeah, and then I suppose just to looking way ahead in your fixture list, you come back to that and then you sort of dive straight into to Edinburgh. How good mm-hmm. was it to get one over them um, in the first sort of leg of the eighteen seventy two a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, that was good, actually. No, that was real good. I think it's one of those one of the big games that everybody looks for. Obviously, it was a bit different. Normally, they're sort of around the Christmas period, aren't they? So yeah. to have it during the Six Nations, it's testing both squads. Depth and actually it was cool. Obviously, I'm playing against you're playing against a lot of boys that you know. I was at school with uh, Matt Curry for seven yeah. years. It's the first time I've ever played against him actually, but it's nice to get obviously one up over Edinburgh, but one up over your mates as well. It's always good. So we'll be looking. Yeah, we'll be looking forward to think the the return fixture at Morrowfield will be big. Last game of the regular season. It'll be can imagine at that point it'll be important for both teams so there's no doubt that that'll be a, a big fixture and everybody will be up for that one Good stuff Jamie look we'll let you go thanks very much for, for coming on and joining us and uh, all the best on uh, on Friday night So good to hear from uh, from Jamie there little bits of insights um, you'll be the SO you'll be delighted to know that off the off the record he didn't give us any details about night out gates Um Matt, we did ask him about whether you know five points is a is a prerequisite for a, uh, an, an Italian team coming to Scotland, but you know he gave a very diplomatic answer. But realistically, it's got to be a five pointer for Glasgow, particularly after that disappointing match against Cardiff. Yeah, it, it has to be. Um, I saw that the URC or maybe it was Glasgow has sort of released a head to head graphic of. The, the two over the years and Glasgow, it seems, have never lost to Zebre. So, yeah, I think the win and a bonus point win is the is the minimum, really. Um, I think the fact it's at home again, last home game of the season, um, I, I'm pretty confident. I think Danny Wilson should put out a pretty like full-strength team again. I'm pretty confident they should be able to do the the business. Although it does feel like in this season they've been so inconsistent that to break that 18 game duck is would be quite a sort of Danny Wilson Glasgow thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully not. Although to to your point, I just thinking back to that sort of capitulation in uh, Treviso last year when it was sort of I think they were sort of fourteen nil down at one point. Um, but I, I actually think, sort of just looking back to the game this weekend, you know, Glasgow should have won that game and they should have won it quite comfortably. Oh, yeah. You know, when they got to sort of 50 minutes, I I actually thought Glasgow were going to sort of run away with it. And, you know, there was just that clear shift in momentum around sort of the 52, 53 minute mark. And then Cancier, Yelly, Yelly, God damn it. Cancier, Larry. Um, <laughs> do you want to have a do you want to have a fourth and fifth go at that? Alex? Yeah, one, I'm one, all right. One more time. The right Cancelier, the the right wing, um, got yellow carded. Um, On Siglieri, I think is what you're aiming for. <laughs> um, yeah, and the game just like completely shifted, and Glasgow just weren't able to get back in the match. And I, it's annoying because I think when you look at itself, especially from sort of ten to fifty minutes, Glasgow were in such complete control and so dominant, you know, Sam Johnson's drive was just so easy. Kyle Stain was sort of making breaks with fun. 
it, it's annoying that Glasgow didn't seem to have sort of the, the leadership or the, the sort of direction to be able to kind of take back control of that match. Little quiz for you. Zebra played 12, lost 12. What do you think their uh, points difference is? I'll buy a pint for the man who's closer. Their, their overall points difference. Overall points difference. 12 games lost. 303. 303 from Alan. Matt? 250. Alan takes it at 303. Minus 291, which averages out at around about 23 points a game. So you'd hope Glasgow can... Um, you, you, you put it in the category of if Glasgow can't beat this team at home, hashtag Wilson out. We're, mar- we're marching on Scotsland, surely. You say that, but they're still, I mean, they're still fourth, right? Which, you know, ultimately, yeah. they're they're likely going to get into the playoffs. You'd think probably they're going to win maybe, what, one of the two matches they've got down in um, yeah, in uh, South Africa, and then they've got sort of the 1872. And I, and I do think this is the sort of Glasgow team that, to the point, could lose to Zebra, but then could potentially take down an Ulster <laughs> or a Munster. Probably, potentially not a Leinster, but... I think they do. They do have the firepower to to beat some of those kind of the big the big Irish teams if 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 they're on it and you know someone like Price is is firing. So it's um, no interesting to see what they can they can do. It will certainly be very interesting to see what they can do. As I say, that is on Friday night at Scots and get onto the Glasgow Warriors website and get some tickets if you fancy that one. We will be back next week. We'll be talking about those games and of course how the women got on in their big game against Wales at the weekend. In the meantime, please do follow us on social media. That's Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod, Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod, and Matt's newsletter, the hottest property in Scottish rugby, is on Substack. You can get that there. Um, it's Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast.substack.com um, or just search for it on Google and we'll put a link into the show notes in your app as well so until then um have a good weekend and we will speak to you very soon cheers even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.